Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode on Plus Size Fashion is brought to you by Smart Glamour. Ooh, that brand in New York? Yeah. Smart Glamour is an NYC-based fashion brand that offers clothing from sizes extra extra small to 15X and beyond. All garments are customizable based on your measurements. I really like that they call themselves, quote, an affordable, fashionable, and customizable ethical clothing line for people of all shapes, sizes, heights, ages, identities, and styles who are all about that inclusivity. Shop online at smartglamour.com and use code SGALLFAT to get 10% off plus free shipping. I think fat bodies wearing quote-unquote rule-breaking outfits is kind of inherently political. Sophie. I'm April, and this is She's All Fat. The podcast for body positivity, radical self-love, and chill vibes only. This week, we'll discuss journaling, racist stocking manufacturers, and blushing. And we have a special interview with Gabby Gregg of Gabby Fresh and Prem. April, what are you obsessed with this week? Okay, this week, I'm obsessed with a meme I keep seeing on Twitter, and you also texted it to me. (laughs) And it's this meme of... Hillary Duff getting a bunch of parking tickets. Oh, yeah. And I love it. I really love it. Because if you zoom in, the look on her face is just like a little smile, like a little <laughs> coy smile. It's like, Hillary Duff, how fat are these Lizzie McGuire checks? And she's like, whatever, $200 parking <laughs> ticket, who cares? What's wrong with her? She has such a fancy car. It's a Hummer, right? Yeah, she's just like leaving it in the middle of the street. My biggest question is always when I see rich people in LA who have Hummers, I'm always like, why? Why? Because being rich doesn't make it easier to drive in LA. No. And all the parking spots at Target say compact. Yeah. So where are you putting your Hummer? I mean, maybe she's just used to getting a ticket literally everywhere because she just parks in the compact spots. I think that's what she's doing and just letting it hang out. But it's just so funny because anybody else you know who will get a parking ticket is like, oh no, my day's ruined. (laughs) And Hillary Duff just like does a little chuckle, tucks it in her bra and like goes to the coffee bean. oh well. Yeah. She literally is like... Why not get a parking ticket? <laughs> I've never got a parking ticket because I can't afford it and it would ruin my life. Oh my she God. gets one every day. I love her. so funny. So, as usual, I'm obsessed with Hillary Duff. She looks love cute this. in the pics, though, too. She always looks good. Are you kidding? Yeah. She does not have an off day. She not does. that booty. Yeah. She not looks that great. tight ass. I love her. That's what I'm obsessed with, though. What are you obsessed with? Okay, so this week, I just wanted to talk about a... This is not like a timely obsession. This is just something I'm always kind of obsessed with, which is paper crafts or like tracking your time sort of and journaling. I always am looking for the best way to journal or scrapbook or plan out my day and never find the right one. Probably partly inspired by wanting to feel like I control my time, which is hard because I have ADD and I can barely control my train of thought. But I also really have always been into the journals of my favorite writers. I love reading like Sylvia Plath's journals or like just letters because I think they're such fun documents of what people are really thinking, you know? So I'm always like, oh, I got to keep better track of what's going on. Not that I'm like, after I'm deceased, maybe someone will publish a postmortem journal roundup. But like, don't you ever think that, though? Oh, for sure. I hope that. I have certain diary entries where I'm like, I hope somebody finds this because this is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. Um, my best friend, Lindsay, hashtag sorry, Lindsay. Sorry, Lindsay. Hashtag sorry, Lindsay. She's been tweeting out excerpts from her childhood journal, and they're so they're funny. Good. Also, just when I'm doing my own writing, it's very useful to go back and look at old journals, but I never managed to keep one up. Anyways, so the point of what I'm saying is what I'm obsessed with right now, I just wanted to go over like the things I'm trying right now, and I want people to tell me what they're trying or what they like to, because I kind of feel like our audience is also, a lot of them are going to be into paper crafts. Don't feel like you're not a part of the audience if you're not. I'm just saying, I feel like a bunch of you 
are. We know our audience. We know you guys are currently <laughs> cutting something with scissors. Yeah. You're, <laughs> we're know. also out here like wanting to go to Blick Art Supply. Yeah. I know you. We all have a membership card. Let's yeah. just be who we are. I have my 10%, you know? Yes. Okay, so I went to a friend's wedding recently and he read lines from his 10-year line-at-a-time journal during his vows about milestones in their relationship. And it made me go out and get a line-at-a-time journal. These things are like, they have five years or 10 years on a page of the same day. And then that way you go through the year. And then the next year, you're also writing a line of what you did or felt that day. And then you're like, oh man, last year on this day, this was happening. And it's like a cool way to look at the zoomed out version of your life. So I'm doing that. I've also been very into bullet journals at various points. I never can keep them up. I can never do the weekly to-do things. My to-do lists are spread in between an app called Simple Note on my phone where I just dump everything and five other to-do list apps that I try to do. I never can get them under control because I feel like I have a million things to do. But I wish that I had a bullet journal that I used every day. I do like it for the collections idea of it. Do you know about this? Mm -hmm. Where you're like, what are all the books I've read this month? It's useful for like tracking money and tracking books. And then... One thing that I really do like is this idea of a commonplace book. Do you know what that is? No, I don't actually. It's like been around for several centuries. Okay. A commonplace book is where you write down quotations or little things that you've seen out and about, things that friends have said. Basically, it's like the literary version of what the Facebook about me used to be. Do you remember how people used to put in there like funny quotes that their friends said? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That's so true. (laughs) Yeah. So it's kind of like that, but with poems or quotes that you've read and it's kind of just like the collected knowledge that you're taking in i think that is a really cool idea to be like here's all the things that are influencing me because that's kind of different from a journal and then there's some apps that i'm trying to work into my routine one second every day you're in a bunch of my one second every day apps it's just like it does yeah yeah these used to be really popular on youtube they would do like video compilations of one second of your life every day now there's an app for it i love when people are like my daughter one second and then it's her whole life and she turns 18 and it's like she's a woman yeah <laughs> like, I love exactly that. and there's two like journal apps but i don't think i use those as much there's one called day one and there's one called grid diary but i just never use them i like doing pen and paper journaling oh really i use pen zoo and i'm What's not that? consistent it's just like a website i think there's an app there's a website too where you just go and journal or whatever just because i have bad handwriting hi mm. So I try to type and stuff. Maybe for the Patreon post, we can post little excerpts from our journals. Like yeah. good, good ones. Yeah, we'll do that. Because there's a lot of trash. Did you, have, <laughs> yeah. did you have a live journal or an Xanga? Oh, hell yeah, I had a live journal. Hell yeah. I had a Zanga, but I only used it to creep on our family friend Darcy's cool daughter, Haley. I thought she was so cool. She told me she had a Zanga. And like, I would look at it and be like, this is what the cool people are doing. Oh my God. What kind of cool things was she doing? She just... I don't know. She would be like, went to the mall with my friends. And I'd be like, she's so cool. (laughs) I just thought she was cool. Oh my God. She's my Facebook friend. Hi, Haley. I don't know if you listen, but if you do, you'll enjoy this. (laughs) That's cute. (laughs) Yeah. So I want to know what you guys are doing to put pen to paper and keep track of your lives. And if you found anything really fulfilling or exciting, I want to know about it. Let's move on to our review shout outs. Okay, so first up, we have people who have left us a review on Apple Podcasts. Yay! Yay! First up, May Hulu Hat. We have Valor Girl. We have Sorry Not Mari. That's my friend Mari. Shout out, Mari. Hey, Mari. Nona Pope and Cala Camara. And then we have one from Disappointed 5121227. Listen. Same girl, same. Sounds like it's going to be a negative review. It's not. It's not. That was just already their username, <laughs> which respect. So here's that review. I've been feeling so downtrodden by political news, and this podcast provided balm for my soul during these trying times. April and Sophie are smart and well-informed, but also soothing, funny, and caring. I'm so happy this podcast exists. Thank you, ANS. Thank you, Disappointed5121227. Thank you, Disappointed. Let's do our Patreon shoutouts. These are our new patrons on patreon we love our patreons thank you guys so much we're having so much fun in our facebook group for patreons only so we'd like to give a shout out to the following people kelly winters joanna carson meadow valentine and emily milligan thank you guys so much for being part of the patreon fat Millie. we love you <laughs> fat Millie. yeah let's move on to our news and corrections okay number one 
We were so excited to get written up by Bitch Media. April, do you want to talk about this one? Absolutely. Okay, so writer and Aussie icon Yvette Dion wrote about us. She's an editor at Bitch and writes a lot about intersectionality and body positivity, which yeah. we all know we really care about here at SAF. She's a badass black lady writer, and I admire everything she does. So the fact that she listens and thought to include us in one of our favorite websites is so wild. She's so cool. It's crazy. Check that out. It's on our website. She's com slash news. You can see our write-up in Bitch Media. We're so pumped about it. Thank you so much, Yvette. We love you. Second piece of news. Just wanted to give everyone a little update. If you've been following our Instagram story, then you know that our Patreons are all invited to a mini meetup next Friday. November 17th, the Pumpkin Spice Meetup is happening. It's called Pumpkin Spice because it's happening at a Starbucks because it's just a mini meetup. It's not the party that we're going to plan as soon as we hit 500 a month on Patreon. So if you guys want to join Patreon, become a member of Team Paisley Moo Moo or above before November 12th, which will be in just a few days by the time you hear this episode, If you join before November 12th, then you get a couple extra goodies. It's all on the Patreon site. You can go find out. But if you become a Patreon at any level, you're invited to the meetup, and we're going to have a special live stream link as well. It's going to be so fun. We're really excited. We're going to have friendship bracelets and just, like, sit around and chat and have some lattes. So that's some exciting meetup news. Now we have a few corrections. Number one, Lindsay. You were upset about the apology about the apology about the apology. I'm so tired of it. <laughs> Lindsay, I'm so sorry that you were worried that our audience members would think you are demanding these apologies because you were worried that that would make you seem like an angry person. And I just want to say I'm sorry for putting that you know, impression of you out there because you're my best friend. And like, I'll apologize until everything is right between us, you know? Hashtag sorry, Lindsay. Hashtag sorry, Lindsay. Get it trending. Good trending, guys. Okay. Believe in you. Number two, another mistake I personally made is that <laughs> during a, an episode a little bit ago, I talked about my friend Kate tweeted one of those couples costume ideas with Maggie Gyllenhaal in a scarf. I'm just a very generous laugher. I thought that it was just a joke about Maggie Gyllenhaal liking scarves and thought it was very funny. I was like, she does like scarves. <laughs> Apparently, it's a much smarter joke than that. It's that there's like a lyric in a Taylor Swift song where she talks about leaving her scarf at her ex-boyfriend's sister's house, which would have been Jake Gyllenhaal, which would have been Maggie Gyllenhaal, his sister. And then Maggie Gyllenhaal apparently at some point was like, I have no idea what scarf she's talking about. So apparently it was a deep cut Taylor Swift joke, and both of us should have understood that, honestly, but I just have several layers of it. <laughs> There's no universe where I would ever understand that. Okay, I and I am like an apologetic Swifty, like I'm not going to front like I'm not, but even I had no idea about the scarf business. You guys, Maggie Gyllenhaal is a real actress. Leave her alone. If you interview her, <laughs> do not ask her about this. She doesn't care. Are you kidding? The <laughs> no. point is that it was a funny tweet on a deeper level than I understood, so, you know, my apologies. For being dumb. (laughs) But I just wasn't up on it. I just thought it was funny in a surface way. You know what? We're all making mistakes. We're all living our lives. Yeah, truly. We're all moving forward. We're all on a journey. Okay. Now a more serious correction. (laughs) So we got an email from a listener with a very helpful correction. We love when you guys write in about this kind of thing. I'm just going to read it directly. She says... I loved what y'all said in the second or third episode when you were making the distinction between self-love and body positivity. In that episode, there was a teeny tiny mistake. Sonia Renee Taylor is the founder of The Body Is Not An Apology. Connie Sopchak and Elizabeth Scott are the founders of The Body Positive. Connie especially is one of the mothers of this movement as she's been working away for over 20 years and she doesn't get nearly enough props for it. She'd never say that, but I am. Just thought you'd like to know. Thank you so much to the person who wrote in. Her name is Kara slash... Hannah. Hannah. (laughs) But thank you so much for letting us know. I think I just switched up the names when I was saying it. But just to be clear again, The Body is Not an Apology is a really great resource created by Sonia Renee Taylor. That's on our website. So is The Body Positive, which is created by Connie and Elizabeth. So yeah, go check both those things out. If you don't want to Google them, they are, again, just right on our website. I'm really sorry that I said those wrong. It's really important to give people credit and shout out the right people. So I really appreciate that correction. Thank you so much. Okay, 
I think it's time to chew the fat, don't you think? Yeah, let's do it. Chew the fat. This week we have a very special interview with Gabby Gregg, a.k.a. Gabby Fresh. Let's chew the fat. So last week, we had the chance to talk with Gabby Gregg, a.k.a. Gabby Fresh of Instagram and her blog, Fame, and it was so great to get to chat with her. It was so fun. She's amazing. She's so cute. We talked to her about her design process with both Prem and her Swimsuits for All line that I'm really obsessed with. We talked to her about inspirations for her personal style, and she also gave us some tips for how we can help push for more size inclusivity in the fashion industry, something she's always been really passionate about. Gabby is one of the original goal interviews we had when we were starting the show. We have both loved her for a long time. April's loved her half of her whole life. Three-fourths of your life. You've been like a Gabby fan. I stand heavily. And we just really admire her success and her ability to like stay clear on her fashion viewpoint as she moves forward in the world. Yeah. I'm excited to share this interview with you guys. So let's listen. Should we have Um, you just like say a little intro, just like other stuff you want our listeners to know about you? Yeah, I'm a plus size. I guess I don't really, it's weird calling myself a fashion blogger now because I actually stopped blogging for the most part. Mostly I just do social and then obviously my campaigns with brands. So Swimsuits for All I've been doing for almost five years. That's what I'm most well known for is like my swimsuit collection. And then I also just launched a lingerie line with Playful Promises. They're based in the UK, but they also ship worldwide and that's been doing really well. But yeah, I'm kind of, I don't even know how to describe myself. (laughs) Plus size fashion influencer. I hate the word influencer but that's kind of it's accurate, the industry though. term. You're multi-hyphenate. Yeah, I'd it. like to think so. I really like, I mean, the more my career goes on, the more I like to consider myself a designer because I... You are. Believe it or not, hate being in front of a camera. Really? <laughs> yeah, I actually genuinely don't enjoy it. Does it. Too. I'm the same way, but I don't yeah. look like you look like you enjoy it and you're like it. in a moment. I no. look like I would rather I be have such bad anxiety, you guys. I really don't like it. Anyway, so we just wanted to tell you more about like how we oh found God. you. So like I've been a stan since the very beginning. Love it. Thank I remember you. the other day you posted a picture of one of your first outfits and it was like an animal print oh and like God, a high waist. So embarrassing. Thing. I remember copying that exact outfit. Like I right. went to Docs <laughs> in Minneapolis and I was like, it's a look. <laughs> <laughs> but like I did like honestly I was so inspired by you growing up because I just did not know how to dress myself so I wonder I'm sure people tell you that all the time like they've been with you since the beginning and you like help them find their style yeah. like what does That's that always, feel like uh, the industry but really even just like the digital world was so different 10 years ago so really there were so few of us doing it I was one of the first ever like plus size fashion bloggers and that's like still weird to say out loud Mm -hmm. considering where we are now and how many of us there are now but almost everyone at Kirby kind of came up to me it's not even that I'm their favorite that's not it's not like oh my god you're my favorite blogger it's always oh my god you were the first plus size fashion blogger I found yeah and like you introduced me to all of the rest of them yeah I found you and then I found Nicolette and then I found other people it's weird, man. It's like we all started on Live Journal together. Oh um, that's really where so many of like the OG fashion bloggers and like plus size fashion voices, and not just plus size fashion, but fat like political fat activists. A lot of us all met on Live Journal. That was yeah. the first place I was introduced to it. Leslie Kinzel and Marianne Kirby are like two of my favorite people. I call Leslie my godmama because, or I used to call her my fatty godmother that's what i called her my fatty godmother because she like introduced me to fat politics she and marianne actually had a podcast they were like one of the first fat podcast duos um and they just changed my life like we linked to them on our site in the like other fat podcasts oh amazing like they're great and like that was the first time i learned about fat politics and it even it took me a while to warm up to it because at first i was just like oh cool other people who like fashion and then I didn't really get the political side of it. I was like, well, this isn't really, this is boring or whatever. It just, I was young and I was more into the fashion and then it grows on you, right? So the more you see like really political voices mixed in with the fashion, the more it changes your mind over time. So over the years in college, I was like, oh, I get this now. This makes sense. Like they are right. my journey with it too, was being like, wait, I want to have pretty clothes Exactly. Too. Mm-hmm. And then being like, oh, yeah, now this, like, justice stuff makes sense. Exactly. Because it's about access. Like, exactly. First, I want to, like, have ability to have the things other people do. Yeah. Then I want the respect that other people do. It's all one and the same. I think so many yeah. people get introduced to fat activism and body positivity through fashion. Yeah. It's, like, fashion first and then 
they start hearing totally. you about the other stuff. So many people who follow me still don't like know my roots and they don't know that's where I started. Mm-hmm. So I still get constant comments on Instagram, like people who are just finding me and being like, oh my God, you look like you lost weight. Like, what did you do? And I'm like, Ugh, you have no <laughs> idea who I am. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, do you not realize I've spent eight years talking about like the opposite of that? Yeah. So that's a little frustrating, but I have to also understand, like, obviously people find me from many different avenues, totally. so they don't necessarily know like that I'm rooted in body positivity and yeah. fat politics first. That makes sense. That's also, yeah, something we wanted to ask you, especially around the election. I feel like I saw you doing a lot of like political posts. I mean, I think a lot of people were, but I, a lot of people will decide that if their brand doesn't align, then they won't say anything. Oh. But I noticed that you said a lot. So I'm wondering, yeah. like, how do you think about how politics and your brand work together? Yeah. We made a very conscious decision from the beginning. We're like, we're very political. Mm-hmm. But I understand also why some fashion bloggers don't want to do that. But yeah. it makes me like... I want to support people who do. I started my blog specifically because I was like, I really love Live Journal. I love these communities, but I wanted a space to not be political. I was like, I think it's really powerful to have a space where it's more about fashion and like showing that you know, fat girls can look just as good as everyone else and can have the same style and all of these things. But obviously, as I learned over the years, I think fat bodies wearing quote unquote rule breaking outfits is kind of inherently political and so that is how, kind of how I started but as you know time went on as you mentioned like I just became more and more political and not always even about fat politics but just political in general um obviously I identify as a feminist and an intersectional feminist and I think every year the more educated I become the more I try to make that a part of what I put out there yeah. and obviously just at this point in time I think there's no excuse not to be talking about things yeah. and it's really frustrating that people don't want to talk about it because I think I, I think if you have a platform, you kind of have a responsibility to discuss what's happening. On Twitter, I'm all out crazy. Like, I fully tweet almost yeah, exclusively. Yeah. Like, my tweets are mostly politics, comedy, with a little fashion thrown in. Yeah. Like, I, I think, obviously, Twitter is the place where you want to be vocal. And then Instagram, I'm obviously more fashion-focused, but then I bring politics into it when I can, especially when it's, like, about the fashion. So I might be able to wear a shirt that says, like, punch Nazis. <laughs> And then in my caption, explain why I'm wearing that shirt. It's a thin line only because what you don't want to do is like bombard people every Instagram post with it because then they'll unfollow or just like tune you out. And so I think it can kind of make more of an impact if you do it here and there and like they really actually listen to what you have to say. I mean, I think it's just cool to have it be like noticeable that you talk about it because for me, I'm super political. So is April. And I think for me, it turns me off from like a blogger and influencer when I'm like, what do you care about this? Mm -hmm. Because I care about it. And if you don't see that, like your platform is partially due to like all of us needing a voice or platform, then like, why would I support you if you're not fighting for that? You know what I mean? I think so many bloggers are nervous to speak out because they don't know where their followers are politically, but to me, you have to stand for something. Right. And like, especially in the fat fashion world, I think because we are talking about marginalized bodies and marginalized peoples, like you have to talk about this. And so I definitely lose, like every time I post something that might be quote unquote liberal or whatever, like people are like unfollow, like stick to fashion. And I'm like, fuck you. You know what I mean? Most people obviously agree with me, but especially, you know, it's obviously the most divisive, which is crazy to even say, but Mm -hmm. is Black Lives Matter. Like every time I post that, because even people who you know, identify as liberal are like, stop bringing race into this. Like blue lives matter too. And I'm just like, Oh my God, I cannot. Like luckily my followers get them together. <laughs> Cause I can't always, I don't always have the emotional energy to do yeah. it. And so my followers are right there like clapping That's back. Good. Yeah. I mean, the thing is that like, if you're not talking about those things, then it's not recognizing that those are very real parts of your identity and, or obviously I'm not black, but it's part of my political identity to like fight for those things. And if you're not talking about it but you're still like going around in the world affected by those issues it's just such a disconnect for me it's so really we're like is. we totally appreciate you talking about those things thanks. it makes a difference it really does I hope so, so. I'm, I'm trying so it's great well thanks guys we also wanted to ask you since we're on the political tip is there like twitter feeds or different resources you specifically look to when it comes yeah. to like your own political you interests leslie and marianne mm-hmm. so, like other oh people that you like to read or go to um lindy west is always a fave oh, obviously yeah. very sad that she deleted yeah. twitter but also very happy for her because yes. she needed to i mean yeah a lot of the people i follow are kind of both like i it depends i follow different people for different reasons yeah. like 
Danny Fernandez is a friend of mine who's not fat, but she um, is in the comedy world. She tweets a lot about, like, feminism and, like, the unfortunate things that happen in comedy as a woman. I follow, like, obviously a bunch of Black Lives Matter activists. Erica Hart is one of my favorite um, activists that I follow. We'll put a bunch of these links in the show notes, and we'll have a little bit more about each of those in the Patreon post for this episode. Perfect. Like, one of my favorite things to do is to go through and be like, here's one Twitter feed I learned a lot from this Mm -hmm. week or whatever. Because you can learn so much on Twitter when people are like, it is true that academia is like definitely a privileged and like reserved space but so many people are out there doing the work on yeah. twitter yeah. i also miss ariel can't remember her last name sorry ariel love you um <laughs> from bad fat broads she used to be very vocal on twitter i think she left twitter she might be taking a hiatus but she's definitely someone people need who's to do very vocal that's yeah exactly valid. i'm never it's mad fine. at anyone for getting off of any platform yeah. they need to so as we discussed a little bit <laughs> your style has changed over time obviously mm-hmm. as like fashions change over time of course so what do you feel like influences you or like what are your fashion go-tos? Like what do you look at and who do you look up to? Oh my god. Great question. Honestly, I'm just inspired by my peers. Street style is pretty much my go-to inspiration, whether that's in real life or online. Obviously, I follow a lot of amazing people of all sizes on Instagram. Um, I don't limit myself to just following fat girls. I follow the fat girls because they're fucking fly and because I obviously want to see fly fat girls all over my feeds. But I don't think that you should only be following one body type to see what you should wear. I get inspiration from people wearing everything. Like Solange Knowles is one of my favorites. Fashion bloggers too of all sizes. So I'm all about finding inspiration in whatever style I like and then interpreting that and seeing if I can make it work in my size. Carla DeRoss, who's the line by K, that's her line that I think only goes up to a 12, unfortunately, but it's stretchy. I make some shit happen. But she's another one of my faves. So I'm constantly looking at all fashion feeds, designers, and then just kind of looking at what's happening around me ever since I moved to LA I'm much more cash (laughs) so I'm all about a t-shirt and jeans and I know that sounds crazy but I love it and I think you can be so stylish in t and jeans and like a cute pair of either sneakers or heels we know you're a huge advocate also for size inclusivity so when you're working with brands or like brands approach you that don't go up Mm -hmm. as far as they should Mm -hmm. how do you like deal with that or how do you think about approaching brand partnerships and making sure that like the things you design will be like size inclusive yeah that's so hard I mean two things one just being very honest with them so I often tell them they need to expand their size range and like my playful promises line it only goes up to a 24 but it originally wasn't supposed to even go that far and I was like no this needs to at least go to a 24 I wish I had more pull to make it larger I think with every you know year that you're in a partnership and you prove that those sizes sell you then have a little more say and a little more leverage to say like oh wait see the 24s are selling can we please go up to 26 etc you don't have as much leverage the first time you're working with a brand so it also depends on their sales like if they have sizes 12 to 20 and the 14 16s are selling really well and the 18s and 20s aren't, it's hard for them to see a reason to go above a 20. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we do live in a capitalist society, so whether they want to cater to a size 22 or not, like, they're going to go by the numbers. Um, So that's the hard part. But obviously we, like, I say we, meaning many of us influencers, have had very, like, direct conversations. You know, I think it's easy to call someone a sellout or call someone a traitor or whatever you may get for working with certain brands, but I think the best way to change is to get inside the room with them, with the CEOs or with the creative directors, whoever has more control, and, like, sit down with them one-on-one and, like, really explain why it's important to you to, like, carry those lines or those sizes. What are some of the lessons that you You've learned from like working in a partnership we're obviously working in a partnership yeah. we want to know what you guys have learned oh my god I mean, the good thing is Nicolette and I have been friends for a really long time, so that helps. We came up together through that same channel I was just talking about, so we started on LiveJournal at the same time. We both launched blogs around the same time. We both started working for magazines at the same time, so it wasn't intentional, but we weirdly had this really similar career trajectory, and so we know the market like the back of our hands. Like We have been consumers, we've been editors, we've been influencers, we've been consultants, we've done design collaborations. She's done um, a collaboration with ModCloth, Additionnel. She's done a few. So we've seen it from literally every angle. And so we have, like, such an inherent trust 
when it comes to knowing the other person knows what they're doing. And so I think there's so much more to our work than what people see on Instagram. Like they'll see a photo and that's great, but we've done so much in the industry that isn't seen. And um, a big part of our job is consulting and being in those rooms with creative directors and with designers and telling them what we want and helping them push their plus size lines forward and not do the same things over and over again. I get sick a lot. Um, I'm not feeling well a lot of the time. And so she'll kind of take the heavy lifting and then vice versa. So she'll be down and I'll work. And like, we just know that the other person can kind of handle it. Um, And so that is really nice. I would not do prime with anyone else. Like, there's just too many I mean, things. There's too many moving parts. Yeah, yeah, we just spend so much time together, too. But it's Every like, moment. if we weren't, like... <laughs> if single we moment. <laughs> if we didn't really like each other and trust each other's, like, opinion and, like... Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm always delighted by whatever April brings to the table. If that weren't true, I this would be untenable. Like, it would, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, it's so true. Totally. I mean, and Nicola and I definitely disagree on things. Oh, yeah, same. But I think that's good, too, yeah, yeah. for the brand, because, like, that way there isn't only one exactly. creative expression or creative perspective yeah. there. Even though we have really different styles, we have very similar taste levels. Yeah. Um, so, and we both are following the trends, and because we both have an editor's background, we can, even if we don't personally want to wear it, be like, this is great, like, she'll respond to this, she meaning our customer, or, yeah, that's cool, I can definitely see you wearing this, like, we're down, but then once in a while we'll be like absolutely not (laughs) nope not making that veto oh my gosh yeah (laughs) i love hearing about that so prime just got started this year we're both deeply obsessed as is everyone on the internet yeah where do you see it in your perfect world like where do you want prime to go so we're definitely taking it day by day i'm not even gonna lie to you guys like sales are so crazy like it's so hard Mm -hmm. and this happens with everything i do from swimsuits to lingerie to this and i've heard this so much like working with other brands and other indie designers you never know what's gonna sell like you think you know you don't know how do you like classify the differences that's really tough that's why the testing period takes a while because you can't be like oh she doesn't like black because this is a sell how do we encourage the industry to be more size inclusive it's just like buying power do we need to like write a letter to somebody like what can we do so that in five years we're not all just shopping especially that like 28 and up group yeah how can we reach i mean it's hard but basically yes the more vocal you are the more it makes a difference and i think that wasn't always the case but now because of the internet like they kind of have to pay attention and so the more people commenting on their social media saying i will i love this i would buy it if it came in my size the more they'll pay attention especially if it's something they're hearing regularly if like one person says it here says it here and there like probably not going to make a difference but if they're constantly getting that like it might finally make them pay attention have some of those things made a difference in like in the room conversations oh, yeah. you've had oh yes i mean that's the whole reason wow. eloquy came back like oh, eloquy wow. fully shut down they were they were owned by the limited and they stopped because the sales weren't there the plus size community online went crazy like marie denae um the curvy fashionista did an open letter and saying why they shut down too soon they didn't give us a chance to really see what they could do um because they shut down in like less than a year a few other influencers did the same thing and like people were really really upset and then so some of the people from the team i believe like decided to buy the name and like start over and now they oh, have, like, cool. I think they got $20 million in their second round of raising oh money gosh, from investors. Gosh. Literally, we're, like, we're, the only reason we're back is because people wow. were, like, begging us to come back. Super and so many, I think, like, Rachel Roy and a few other straight-size designers expanded into plus sizes because yeah. people kept being, like, please, please, please make my size. Thanks. First thing I did when I graduated from college was bought a plus-size leather jacket. Like, mm-hmm. I'd always wanted really? one. Yeah, and I, like, finally invested in one, and I'm, like, yep. 
I'm a size 20. This is my jacket and I'm doing it. And like, yeah, that took a long time to get there. Mm -hmm. But once you get there, it's just like such a good feeling where you're like, this is my body. Like I'm going to live in it. I'm going to act like I'm going to stay here. Two and a half years ago when I was like, for real, for real, getting into like body pause politics stuff, how many plastic containers of clothes okay. that were like from smaller sizes that I finally got rid of yeah. after years. Yeah, like quote unquote go clothes. Yeah. So One it's day so I'll fit into that. Or like something that's even like two sizes smaller and you're like in a couple weeks I'll yes. get into that. You're just so used to that mindset. Oh my just God. gotta get rid of it. That was... Yeah. And, like, giving getting rid of those boxes was literally, like, a weight off my shoulders. Totally. Instead, all it's doing is, like, making you feel like shit yeah. that it's you can't fit into. It's, it's, it's not, it's yeah. not motivating it you. Really it's making not. you feel horrible. No. My boyfriend was like, why are you saving these? Do you have your baby clothes in case you can fit in those? <laughs> oh, like, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, no, it's true. I mean, like, there's these aren't doing anything except making me feel bad. Yeah. So, and then I got rid of them. And it was great. I think just having Prem as an option out there, honestly, I don't know if you saw, but I, like, wore my... Like, like black prem jumpsuit to like the oh my god I, saw oh, yeah. I, sent, I sent it to you <laughs> it looks so <laughs> good those look so cute I, it's so well, cute I like saw it at curvy con and I was like I'm getting it isn't I was it the like, comfiest thing ever it's so good it's got the like lining in the boob thing so you don't have to wear a bra like it's I the do, best I know what you mean it was it's such the a best look. thing I've ever owned and I wore it out like a test run to make sure I felt like super comfy in the whole outfit mm-hmm. a couple days before and I went to a party and I had all these people being like oh my god like you look so fashionable like basically a lot of people started to sort of say like I didn't know they made cute fat clothes wow. it was like basically like fully you know? surprised yeah wow. and I was like yeah I look great <laughs> and it was just like so nice to you know what I mean yeah. just be so like confident and comfortable in them but again it's like I had to be in a place politically where so that I could buy into that totally. you know there's no way I would have bought that three years ago Mm-mm. no way mm-hmm. I would have yeah. loved it and looked at it exactly mm-hmm. it's just it's a political choice I think that's the thing we're always trying to grapple with on this show is like it's not just Sophie likes tutus April likes off the shoulder it's like these are <laughs> political choices like I'm showing my fat shoulder yeah, exactly. <laughs> like everybody look at it so I understand it t- takes people a while to get there we want to be there for the girl who's confident and also help the girls who aren't confident get yeah, there. Totally. To like we get to the point where they want to wear our stuff. One thing I really love is the di- how you have different size models on the website. Oh, I love that. That really helps. Yes. Oh my God. Because like, I buy like I buy a lot of clothes from ASOS Curve mm-hmm. and those are great but like it's hard when they just have like what size 10 12 like a 10 yeah that <laughs> I'm like thin. but how does this would this look on me yeah. exactly and that's like the type of thing that we feel really I mean just strongly about yeah. as people who come from the community too like we know like we've seen the demands over the year and we've been part of the chorus of people demanding like yeah. we want to see bigger models so how hypocritical would it be if we then started a brand and then only had a size 12 model you know those models aren't wearing those clothes in real life and yeah. it's really frustrating to see like a size 8 10 12 be the representative of a brand and they don't even care about the brand they don't care about the community they, like, they can't even fit it like and then they leave their job and they leave with their paycheck and then they go to Margella next door and buy their size large yes. you know what I mean it's not the same yeah, yeah. I mean yeah we just have to keep pushing for like the idea of like a cute fat girl is happy with being fat yeah you know that's it she looks cute today yeah like she's wearing this today exactly can you tell us a little bit about the next line it's interesting the way I design in general is not cohesive mm-hmm. like I kind of design first like what I want to see and I always look for statements like I'm not a basic girl like mm-hmm. I don't like basic but that doesn't mean I don't like minimal things I but I'm always thinking about how can I make this different? I'm a Virgo. Mm-hmm. I am very Beyonce when it comes to my work. And I'm like, how can I make this better than last year? So I'm constantly trying to outdo myself, which is not good for my health or my mm-hmm. brain. And I'm always stressed. But I just, like, care a lot about my work. And I also care about my followers and my customers. And so, like, I don't want to disappoint them. And I know they have such high standards and, like, high expectations. And so my biggest fear is, like, coming out with something and then having them be like, yeah. I hate that feeling. So, like, I never want to experience it. So, I'm constantly trying to outdo myself. So, I just think about, like, what haven't I done yet? What haven't I seen yet? Which does get harder every year, obviously, because more and more brands are doing this. And just, like, how can I make it better? So, I think of, like, themes. Like, I'm doing a really cool bikini with grommets that I haven't, in a way, I haven't seen grommets done yet. And I take a lot from... Like, I'll look at a celebrity who's done a really cool dress, and I'm like, how can I make that dress into a bathing suit? Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. So, like, last year, Halle Berry had, like, a really cool lace 
crisscross dress and then I turned that into a bathing suit I launched this year Ooh. that was like a lace moment so I, I look at things like that and that's kind of my process and then from there I design my favorites and then I narrow down and after I look at everything from afar and say like okay which I design all at once I, I bought like 16 pieces and I split them into two deliveries so we have one in January and one in April and I try to make them cohesive that way, if that makes sense. So yeah. it's never, like, about making a line of, like, I, I'm not doing a runway show. It doesn't, all the swim doesn't have to look good together. Mm-hmm. I really want to give as many people options as possible and, like, have different girls, like, respond to different pieces. Awesome. So it's less about being, like, oh, these are all, you know, tonal or these are all inspired by, like, Jamaica or whatever. Okay. It's, like, more about, like, what do I want to see? And then I make it fit for the photo shoot. So my first question doesn't have a ton of prints, which... Yeah. is I think I'm kind of known for prints but that's just not trending and it's not what I'm really into right now in swim I feel like clean lines and like really like neutral colors is so sexy right now so mm-hmm. we went in that direction I can wait Yay. you will be getting my coins <laughs> so um on the pod I don't know how many you've had a chance to listen to mm-hmm. but we always do a couple segments we always do and it's okay you can ask which is where oh, yeah. all, like makes me ask her race I love questions. that it's my favorite thing in the world she gets so talk. she's just like in here sweating yes it's hilarious I live for so making white people sweat uh, oh yeah <laughs> It is. So I like, I mean, I'm a full participant. I understand it, but it makes me viscerally so tense. Um, <laughs> but we, but we also, you know, we think it's so important to talk about all the intersections and, you know, like I talk about being queer and fat and April talks about being black and fat and like, it just wouldn't be real if we weren't doing that. Of course. Mm-hmm. So we talk about, we do, it's okay. You can ask. And then we always start with an I'm obsessed, which is where we talk about. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, so what are you obsessed with this week? Oh God, tell, any pop so, culture, any, any item, pop culture, anything. anything, any, literally anything. It could be an abstract concept. Yeah. (laughs) Anything you want. So I'm late on this. However, I'm binge watching Bojack Horseman and cannot stop. It's so good. I had seen episodes in the past, but just like here and there. And now I'm fully invested in the storyline and I can't stop. And it's about the human experience just lived through a horse. It's great. It's really good. Especially, I I mean, if you struggle with like anxiety, depression. um, I mean, he's a little narcissistic, obviously, but I love it. What's a fashion like line you're obsessed with? I always want to feel like a cool person who like watches the shows on my computer or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I could tweet like Marquesa's like summer spring, so into the tool or whatever. But like <laughs> I don't know what to, I don't know how to do that. What is like a line you're into oh, right God. now? Um I think everything Gucci is doing is like mind blowingly good. Cool. Yeah. They just showed like a few weeks ago and I died we'll which I don't even know I'm trying to think what did they just show so if it's fall now they showed spring summer 18 yeah. it was beautiful we'll check Ooh. it out if there's anything else that like you would want to hear from our listeners now would be the time to yeah say. we're especially at Prem just tell us what you guys want we're yeah. always listening oh just tweet us what your dream would be to see and we will definitely consider it because we're such a small team right now we are reading literally every comment wow. like we see every tweet we see every insta comment we see every dm so i'm gabby you can find me everywhere on the internet at gabby fresh which is g-a-b-i-f-r-e-s-h mostly instagram and twitter that's like where i'm most um, active but i'm also on facebook etc Gabby, thank you so much for being with us. This was so fun. We had so much fun having you be our first in studio guest. Oh my god, so am cool. I? Yeah, yes. first one. <laughs> um, so that is the meat of it slash chew the fat for this week. We have deconstructed the problem of plus size fashion buying and selling. You're, You're welcome. welcome. Today's show is brought to you by Expensive Scented Candles. Want to fill your nostrils with luxury? Need a sexy way to cover up your dairy-induced flatulence? Try out an overpriced scented candle today. Here are some of our favorite scent notes that are exclusively available in Expensive. Amber. Oud. Neroli. Bulgarian Rose. Anthropology. Tuberose. Fig. Woodworking Studio. Myrrh. Textile. Well-rested. If you'd like to become a beloved advertiser, contact us via our website. Thanks. And now it's time to ask a fatty. If you want advice, you can send a voice memo of yourself asking a question to fyi at she'sallfatpod.com. 
Just record it on your computer or the Voice Memo app on your iPhone. Keep it short, about one minute max, or if you're shy, send us a plain old email at fyi at she'sallfatpod.com and we might answer your question right here on the show. This week on Ask a Fatty, we have a very special letter from Hannah. Hey y'all. Hannah. Here. So recently I went to my local drugstore to look for some stockings for the day. And I couldn't find any in my size. I'm a 14. And I also couldn't find any in my skin tone. I am a dark-skinned black girl. So I decided to go to five other ones in my area. And absolutely no luck at any of those either. This isn't the first time that this has happened. How do you deal with being excluded just to get everyday items that smaller and oftentimes whiter women have access to on a daily basis? And do you have any recommendations for stockings and a lot of skin tones and sizes? It's about to get colder here in Chicago and stockings really help create my hocus pocus meets the craft looks. <laughs> Thank you guys. Bye. Thank you so much for that question, Hannah. I have been through the exact thing you're describing. <laughs> I'm from Minnesota, so obviously it was cold. Growing up, my mom was always like, you're not going outside with your bare legs. Put some stockings on. Really? <laughs> yeah. I think I stopped wearing stockings when I went to like, college, because she just like insisted on it. Is stockings the Midwest word for tights? It's different than tights, because it's a little thinner. Oh. It's like a different... It's like, it's a, like the same nylons? idea. Yeah, ni- I think nylons is what other people call it. Okay. Yeah. So, but I think only in the wintertime, my mom was always like, you have to wear stockings. So I've been through this. Do they keep you warm? I don't think like nylons of. do. No, it was just about covering the actual skin. Oh. Like, I don't think they actually kept me warm. Okay. But, yeah, I guess that's what tights would be for. So, anyway, Hannah, been there, girl. I understand where you're coming from, especially with the skin tone thing. We'll end with tips, but just, yeah, in general, the accessibility thing is so frustrating. I talk about this a lot, not only with tights, but with bras. I bought my first nude bra this year because they didn't sell bras for black people until, like, two years ago. <laughs> And having one, I mean, as white women know, changes the game because you can't see my bra under my clothes. (laughs) Like, it's amazing. And so you learn to go without. But then once you have the same things that other people just take for granted, you're like, wow, I've been missing out. And a lot of times when you go to a store and you look at foundations and it's like white, lily white, pure white, one for black people. And it's like, you know, a light skinned Dominican woman's color. It's like, cool. (laughs) Like you feel left out and you feel like there's something wrong with you that you don't belong there because if they're not making things for you then do they even acknowledge that you exist and you feel left out and it's it's a horrible feeling i understand it hannah this is funny (laughs) thinking about how you laughed at me this week because i needed a lighter shade of nars foundation and then i got upset because i already have the lightest shade and i couldn't get any was it called zero it was called light zero Even though that particular thing is annoying, this is a good example of how just because things are hard for everyone doesn't mean that they're not harder in ways of addressing intersectionality. Because that is an annoying thing that happened to me this week that I couldn't get my preferred tinted moisturizer in my pale, pale, pale color. (laughs) But there's like 10 different options for me and it just super sucks when it's not even available, which I don't understand because people who have dark skin also want to buy things. It's the same as with fat people. I'm like, we also want to buy things. But I think it's just discrimination. Like, I think even Kane's her way is like, ugh, stockings for a black woman? Why? I really think because this was fashion, it's like, you know, if you wanted, you could make it if you wanted to. I wonder what the conversations are behind the scenes or if they're even having them, you know, because it was really interesting to me what Gabby said about places don't want to sell above size 28 because they just don't get bought. And I wonder what those conversations are with makeup or with tights, with skin color related things Mm -hmm. where it's like, Is the fact that there's 30 different gradations for pale and then there's light brown, dark brown. Is it because they're like, black people don't want our thing? Is that the surface level of their combo? You know what I mean? I'm sure that's what they say when people ask. I don't know that that's the truth of why they're not offering I mean, obviously it's not the truth because they would just offer it because there is a market there. Yeah. If you're like purely capitalist, why would you allow racism to get in the way of your money, you know? be less racist, you get more money. Be less racist. (laughs) But as far as the question of how I deal with, especially like the skin tone stuff not coming in my color, the sad answer is just work harder to find the one that does. So growing up, MAC was the only one who sold my color. So now I'm devoted to MAC forever, makeup wise. Tights, 
like I said, I grew up having to wear stockings and my mom also wore stockings and she's a dark skinned woman too. So we like spent all our time finding the spots. So the go-to, and I'm sure there's probably clothes in Avenue, but you can still go online is Avenue. Avenue does a lot of colors for black women and their sizing is letters. So they go up like A through EE and EE is like a 6X or something. So I would try the Avenue website and also a brand I haven't tried, but I've heard good things of Nubian Skin. We'll put a link in the show notes to Nubian Mm. Skin. They also have a plus size line, but it only goes up to 3X, but they have colors specifically for women of color. So I would try that. Yeah, it sucks. They don't sell stuff for us because they're friggin' racist. (laughs) I'm so sorry. How can consumers who apparently are the market help other than just like tweeting at the brand? Because I wouldn't have a reason to buy dark shaded hosiery. How could I push for more inclusivity in things like this where the only way that I can think of is to tweet at them and be like, hey, you're being non-inclusive, but if you made it, I wouldn't buy it. So in seventh grade, I had a teacher and she had us all write letters to Band-Aid because she was pissed that Band-Aid, their flesh color was white people flesh. We had trimester so the whole trimester once a week we would all write really passionate letters to band-aid and like ship them off and basically just say like listen it's important that students of all colors are able to cover their cuts and feel like it's blending in with their skin and you calling flesh like one type of flesh is really sending a really like problematic vision so let's not so we all sent these letters and by the end of the year they wrote back and they're like we we understand where you're coming from and we're going to try to develop more flesh colors and i don't know if they actually have or whatever but they responded And so I think it's more just coming from a place of, no, I'm not going to buy this when you're talking to the brand. No, this product isn't for me, but it's important that it exists in the world because otherwise you're being exclusionary and that's wrong. No, I understand the message. I'm just like, what could I say that would make them listen? You know, I just think it's that. It's just like you are making people feel invisible. That was the idea when we were writing the letters to Band-Aid was just like, it's not just I pick up a box that says flesh. It doesn't match me. I put it down. I pick up a box, it says flesh. That's not the color of my flesh. What's wrong with the color of my flesh? Especially if you're a child, it sends you on this whole path. And so I think especially for people who are, it's not going to be directly affecting them, like whether or not this product exists, it's just about reminding them like, hey, I know that to you it's just stockings, yeah. but to other, everybody else it's just like more indicative of this othering that I experience in every facet of my life, including just trying to put on stockings, you know? I just have such low faith in corporations as a whole. Are there people behind there? You know, I'm like, <laughs> I understand that's like a one-to-one. Yeah, I mean, I'm down to try whatever. Maybe what we could do is have a weekly thing we tweet out that we're like, hey, this week we're encouraging people to tweet at this brand and push for inclusivity. And it can be for both size and color. I love that idea. That'd be cool. Also, Hannah, please tweet us and let me know if you like the Avenue stockings, yeah. if you go with these, how it goes. Also, Send us pics of those looks, by the way. Yes, please. They I sound good. These sound amazing, yeah. actually. I love these. Also, I haven't like explored all the links that she puts in there, but our friend Carissa at Fat Girl Flow has a roundup that we'll put in the um, show notes of plus-size lingerie, and I bet a bunch of the online stores she links to would have different kinds of stockings or tights, maybe could be helpful link. And also I know that this is not what you're asking for, but I just want to make sure everyone knows because you said it's cold in Chicago, which it's the windy city or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Torrid has these leggings that are fleece lined. Ooh, yes. I've had these and they are so comfortable. I get a new pair as a treat for myself every winter. And then I just only wear them around. They're like a little bit thicker than normal leggings because they are winter leggings and they have that interior fleece or whatever. And it just feels so warm. So nice girl. Especially if you live in Chicago, if you're near Lake Michigan, it's windy as hell over there. Get you these leggings. Yeah. Okay, so we will be linking all of those in the show notes. And stay tuned later today. We'll tweet out the first Twitter campaign of the week, I guess. And we'll be pushing for that color inclusivity because we care about intersectionality here. And that truly sucks. I hope that we can help contribute to pushing for change on some of those things because it's truly stupid. It's just like foolish. Like, do not want your money or what's right. up? <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for that letter, Hannah. Thank you, Hannah.
Now let's move on to It's Okay, You Can Ask, a segment where April and I have permission to ask each other questions that would be off-limits IRL, and she takes that opportunity to force me to discuss my history with historical reenactments. We'll find out the answers to our burning questions like, why do white people love the show Friends so much? Or, who is Tyrese? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So this will be an interesting one this week. Okay. My It's Okay, You Can Ask is, what is it like to blush? I've never blushed. I've never visibly blushed. So for the people at home, I'm a dark-skinned black woman. And if I blush, you can't tell. You know when you see somebody and they get embarrassed and they get red and their ears turn red, like, all the time. So, like, what is that like? Because for me, it's like, oh, I know how you feel. Oh, my God. But I don't have anything like that. So what's it like to blush? (laughs) Tell me. (laughs) Okay, well, once again, I can only answer for myself. But... My face just in general shows what I'm thinking always. I don't have that thing most people seem to have where you can hide your emotions behind a wall. It's like necessary for most of adult life. You just look at Soph's brows and you're like, oh, she has a thought. (laughs) So when I'm blushing, it's way worse because usually it just means like a very strong emotion. Usually I blush if I'm really embarrassed. And then people always comment on it. And then I get even more embarrassed. I also flush, which is just, I get really bright red if I get too hot. If I'm ever exercising, it doesn't really even matter how strenuous it is or how fit I feel. I get red no matter what, because my skin is translucent to the blood underneath. Dang. Basically is what a (laughs) blush is. I don't know. I hate it. It feels very just like it's something happening that I can't control. And then everyone's like, oh, you're blushing. And I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to tell you not to look at me. (laughs) Stop. That's what I'm curious about. Like that feeling where everybody can see it and then you're like, stop, but you can't control. You can't like stop blushing. Right. How do you stop? It just goes away after a while. Well, it's interesting. I mean, like the exercise one just goes away when your like heart rate goes down, I guess. But the feelings blush, it does go away if I can like just go in another room and make myself calm down. Mm. It is like, you know, I think it's like cortisol activated or something. It's like feelings activated, but it's like pretty hard to make it go away when everyone's looking at you. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I've never seen it written about the female to male gaze. Like, oh, he blushed and it was so cute. I've seen it always written about, like, a man teases a woman and then she gets embarrassed and blushes and everyone's like, oh. Yeah. Maybe in, like, a Sarah Dessen novel. Yeah. I've seen something like that. Oh, yeah. But I often feel like it's someone teases you and you get mad or embarrassed. I also blush when I get mad, when I get, like, overwhelmed. If I'm upset because I'm mad, then I get red. But mostly to me, it's just another way that I'm emotionally transparent and I wish that I could not have it happen because when I get too many emotions of any kind I just cry and so I really hate that because when I get too mad I cry and then usually if that happens people are like oh you're crying and I'm like no I'm Uh mad (laughs) and it's worse yeah that's horrible if I'm that mad I want you to be quaking you know Mm -hmm. what I mean and instead you're like oh don't cry I'm like (laughs) Like, I hate that. And so it feels like another level of that, of, like, all of a sudden, everyone knows what I'm feeling, and I can't control it, and it's just out on display. I don't like it. Dang, it sounds real vulnerable. Yeah. I'm really happy that my skin doesn't show that. Because, I I mean, I have the feeling, I have that feeling of, like, getting warm. Yeah. But no one can see it, really, because of my melanin. So it's interesting. One time, I knew a girl in college, shout out to Emma, and I said to her once, like, oh, it's so cute how you're always blushing. And she was like, I have rosacea. And I I went home and Googled rosacea. (laughs) You didn't know what it was? No. (laughs) I had no idea. Um, What a pretty name for a disorder. I have rosacea too. That's Mm -hmm. also like a thing is that my skin also just gets red if it's irritated in any way. So if I use a new face product and it has something in it that irritates me, I could also just be red all day. (laughs) So basically just sucks. I can tell when you're flushing or pale though. I can tell if you show up and you're really tired because you'll just look like there's less blood in your face, which is just, that's all blushing is. It's just more blood rushes to the surface. Like sometimes you'll look a little pale. Prince Harry's always blushing. All the, like, English people are always blushing. What are they so embarrassed about? I think they just have the same skin as me, where a breath of wind comes along and touches your cheek, and you're like, red. (laughs) I don't know. It's like living life as a dainty little flower. Um, Wow. 
I get sunburned from through the car window. So yeah, I have to be very careful. And one time I got so mad and I popped a capillary in my chin. <gasps> oh my God. And it's still, you can still see a tiny bit of it. Wait, show me. I'll show you up close later. <laughs> okay. Tweet us, you guys blushing stories like did you ever like blush in front of your crush like i just think this is so interesting it's pretty it's funny your body is betraying you in some way and hi- yes exactly in high it school sucks. i remember one time this girl farted in class and then everyone oh. looked at her and she blushed really hard so then it was like it was oh, you no. <laughs> horrible. oh god that Dang. sounds bad i would have never thought for you to ask me about that mm. again i'm like what do you mean <laughs> i'm just fascinated what do you think it feels like? Or what, what do you well, imagine? Well, the thing is, I know I have the feeling. Like, if I do something embarrassing or, you know, I'm very clumsy, so sometimes I'll be at a department store and, like, drop a glass. <laughs> that happens a lot. Knock it over with your backpack. Yeah, knock it over with my backpack. Hashtag Lizzie McGuire. Hashtag a class. <laughs> hashtag it's cute. But I have the feeling of my cheeks getting hot and my ears getting hot. Yeah. I just don't think you can see it. Like, sometimes I'll pull out my phone and look and you can't see it. Oh. So I'm like, dang. But then I have the face of, like, who cares? I'm cool. Nobody knows. Because my face isn't showing it. Yeah. So I'm just interested in what it would be like if everyone could see. Yeah, it makes it worse, is yeah. the answer. <laughs> Sounds like it would be worse. Damn. Yeah. Well, th- thanks for sharing. Yeah. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our show. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the stuff we mentioned today. And don't forget to send us your questions via email or voice recording to fyi at she'sallfatpod.com. Please make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's super important in making sure people find the show. If you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, we'll give you a shout out on the pod next week. She's All Fat is created, produced, and hosted by us, Sophie Carter-Kant and April K. Quio. We are an independent production. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can join our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash she's all fat pod. When you pledge to be a supporter, you'll get all sorts of goodies and extra content. This week, we're posting more information, resources, and readings about plus size fashion just for our Patreon supporters. Our music was composed and produced by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs. Our website was designed by Jesse Fish and our logo is by Britt Scott. This episode was mixed and edited by Victor D. Jackson and Maria Wartell. Our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter handles are at She's All Fat Pod. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Bye! Also, April had this review copied and pasted into the outline, and every time I glance at the outline, at the end it says, thank you, capital A, ampersand S, and I thought it said, thank you, ass, (laughs) like every time, and then I had to be like, what? And then I saw it. I say that every morning in the mirror. (laughs) Thank you, ass. You should. You got a good butt. Hell yeah. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.